0: This was about as bizarre and as easy as it gets.
1: So the number for me was a number that would allow me to
0: never have to work. I feel like we got top, top, top. I went from a sale of you know five hundred thousand dollars to in debt one hundred ninety two million dollars. This is Built to Sell Radio with your host John Warlow. This episode of Built to Sell Radio is brought to you by the Value Builder System. So you're an entrepreneur and you've got somewhere between a million and 10 million in annual revenue and you're trying to figure out what's next. Maybe you want to scale up, maybe you want to sell, maybe you want to bring in a manager and delegate some of the day-to-day stuff, bring in the next generation of leaders, maybe you want to pass it down to your family. All of those options, the one prerequisite is that it's built to sell, that it's actually something that you could pass on to another generation without you. And that's really what we try to evaluate using the Value Builder Score. It takes about 15 minutes to complete the questionnaire, and then you're gonna get a readout of how your business would be viewed by an acquirer across eight unique dimensions that acquirers care about. Again, it takes only about 15 minutes. You can do it free at valuebuilder.com. So when is enough enough? The quintessential question that is so easy to ask and so difficult to answer. I mean, is 100K enough? Would you sell your business tomorrow if someone was to walk in with a check payable to you for $100,000, would you walk away? What about a million dollars? If the check were a seven-figure check, would you walk away tomorrow? How about $10 million or $20 million? Eventually, we all have to answer this question. And it may be more than money, right? It it may be uh, that you want to achieve something much bigger than money. Maybe it's an impact on the community. Maybe it's a size of company just so your own ego can be gratified knowing you built something substantial. But at the end of the day, I think we all have to answer that question. When is enough enough? And for Dan Locke, my next guest it was when he built a company worth $200,000. For him, he had multiple businesses and he wanted to simplify his life. And for him, he said, you know what? If I can get 200K for this business and walk away cleanly and easily, I'm a happy guy because I want to go work on other businesses. And that's exactly what he did. He sold Table Tennis Master in a matter of weeks to some friends for $200,000 and to hear to tell you the rest of the story and to tell you when in his mind enough was enough, Here's Dan Locke. Dan Locke, welcome to Built to Cell Radio. Hey John, thank you for having me. Hey, I had a chance to kind of catch up with you a little bit and do a little bit of snooping on your YouTube channel. Man, you have an incredible business resume. Something like twenty businesses, is that right?
1: Yeah, twenty businesses. Uh, That's because I was back then with I don't know. People say call me a serial entrepreneur. I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing. (laughs) I just keep starting all these things. But definitely, I am I'm like now I'm older, I'm more mature. I'm cutting back. I'm not just like starting more businesses uh, just for the sake of you know doing more expanding more. Um, actually, this year, earlier, I made a post on, on my Facebook. I was talking about this year. It's about uh, less for me. It's about quality, not quantity. Uh, it's about better and not more. So I'm cutting back a lot for sure.
0: Interesting. I want to explore that a little bit more. But, and to do that, let's dig into this business you sold last year called yes. Table Table Tennis Master. That's correct. <laughs> uh, I, I'm a bit of a table tennis player, I got to tell you. So this intrigues me uh, enormously. I play with my kids all the time. So I'm, I'm, I've never heard of Table Tennis Master. So give me the story. What, what kind of company is this? Well, so I started that company
1: probably now um, nine years ago. It must be nine years ago. So I was uh, heavily into internet marketing. I was doing a lot of affiliate marketing. I had a number of products on, on ClickBank and actually a few best selling products in different category on, on ClickBank. And
0: for, for people who don't know what ClickBank is, Dan, just mm. help, help me just explain it. In ba- basically
1: think of it as like an eBay for digital products. You go there and you can search in the marketplace for different categories, you can find like digital products like eBooks and downloads for uh, weight loss, for different hobbies, right? And I thought, you know, through my research and keyword research, I found this niche and I was looking into different niche and sports niche, and I thought oh, table tennis, that's very interesting. So I kind of deep dive into it, went through a lot of competitive intelligence and check out the competitors, kind of spy on them a bit, and just found that the quality of a lot of the educational materials are just very bad. Like I, I call that basement ping pong, right? <laughs> it's just basically a guy filming some stuff in the basement, It was just bad. And I thought, you know what, what if I can find a, a very good coach and I, you know, film some videos together. And what would that look like? And and at the time, a friend of mine knows a coach uh, from China, and he was a champion. I thought, ah, maybe, you know, but he can't speak very well English, okay? But I thought, you know, maybe maybe I can package it and sell it. So that was just the idea. So people always ask me, oh, Dan, you know, you, you know, you young table tennis master, you know, you must be very good at table tennis. No, I I don't play table tennis. <laughs> I, I don't I know anything about table tennis. I don't have a ping pong table in my house. I mean, <laughs> I played maybe twice. In, in
0: Here like I was school, assuming like you that. were some guru, you know, former no, world no. champion. He's like, no, never, never actually picked up a racket. No,
1: no not at all. Um, so okay, it's purely an entrepreneurial like endeavor for sure.
0: Got it. Okay, so you build this this company. What what exactly did, was it? A subscription based website where people. People could opt in and pay you on a monthly basis for tips and tricks on how to become a better test. I, I
1: wish I was that smart right from the beginning. No, uh, in the beginning, I just put together a DVD. Like, remember those, John?
0: Yeah, like, this is not music ago. Yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah, and then and then I just put together one, uh, and and then we I just sell. I, I think we at first we produced like a hundred copies or something like that, and then and then we sold those at for like twenty nine dollars and ninety five cents, so thirty bucks or so. Uh, and and then we did a survey to the, to the list. Like what a great idea. Survey. To, what else do you want to buy? <laughs> oh, I want to learn this. Oh, great. Let me let me do an, another DVD on smash and then on how to surf. So we create you know, a bunch of DVDs and people just love it. And through that, we've sold that for a number, like two, three years. And that's when it hit me, you know what? shipping dvd kind of sucks <laughs> and some people don't like it they send it back and it gets damaged i'm like what if we just put this stuff online let's just maybe sell one off and then we convert it into kind of a digital download type setup and uh, and through that and we sell and it's a little bit cheaper about like 20 bucks if they buy the digital version if you want digital and the physical copy dvd then it's like 30 bucks or so and then we bundle it together this and that and and, and then eventually I'm like, well, you know, it's kind of good, but what if we can just do something every month? That's when I came up with the idea called Table Tenant University, Table Tennis U, and that is a subscription model where every if they get a weekly video plus kind of a, a community. They can ask questions within the community, and every single week they get uh, they get a new video and also Q and A Q&A video. So basically, two videos a week. And gives them assignment, and people just love it. And it, it was uh, we charge 30 bucks, twenty nine dollars and ninety five cents uh, per, uh, per month per, per year. Per month, yeah, per month. Okay, and and just keeps going and going and going and going. And I think we have must have at least twenty five or twenty six months uh, of of like content when people subscribed, and just keeps on going.
0: Got it. So so you produce new content each month.
1: Yeah, we actually pre-frame uh, probably a year worth of content when we launch and because we know how, what people want. So we just pre film like one year of it. Actually, let me take a step back. Before we even film, uh, again, I did a survey to the list, and this is probably a good lesson for your listener here because very often, you know, John, how we – as an entrepreneur, we come up with these crazy ideas, right? <laughs> and we thought everybody would love it.
0: Well, certainly and- you do, Dan. <laughs> 20 <laughs> you know, like just the, yeah.
1: the craziest yeah. idea. And But with me, I always believe that we don't have to be the marketing genius. The client, the customer is the marketing genius. So I would just ask them and I would do a very detailed survey. Hey, you know, what do you guys want to learn? And how much would you be comfortable paying? And that's how we came up with the price point. I didn't just... You know, pick that up, you know, from, from like from the air. It's, just, hey, you know what? We we'll pay around 20, 30 bucks and we would like to see these type of videos. We'd like to film it, film it this way. It would be nice if we actually get some assignment, um, get some drill that we can practice. I said, got it. We'd we'll take exactly what they want and then give it to them. Like, what, 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 what a, what a, you know, breakthrough concept, right? Ask what they want and give it to them.
0: <laughs> so, were you using as the back end of this membership website? Were you using one of the off-the-shelf membership website stuff? Yeah, softwares?
1: I was using. Uh, yeah, I was just using WordPress uh, Wishlist Member okay. that's used to to manage it. wasn't anything fancy back then. Even didn't have like now you have a lot more different options as you know. Uh, and but back then that's that's all I had. And and what's interesting, there are a few lessons here running a membership site that maybe I could share with, with a listener here. Number one, I noticed that uh, for any membership that after a certain amount of months, now it could be three months, it could be six months, or or whatever it is, that we tend to have a huge drop in attrition. So they drop, they drop they, so they they join, it's great, they love the content month two, month three, and then for us it's month four. Month four, I noticed then the matrix, the numbers that we we all you always have uh, like a huge drop out of people, like twenty percent. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? They like it first month, they like it second month, they like it fourth month, some somehow the fourth month, a bunch of people dropped out. I, I don't quite get it. I asked, you know, them and and, and and say, hey, how come you dropped out? They, they, the answer I'm getting it's not solving the problem. So all I came up with is where by fourth uh, month four, I send them a T-shirt. As simple as that. I send them something in the mail, a T-shirt. Suddenly, the the lifetime value of that customer, because I noticed anyone that goes past month four, they stay. They stay a long time. So month four was well, that sp- sp- spot. So then yeah, month four I send them a T-shirt, something a little perks, and then I also create more cliffhangers in month four between month four and month five. So and month four, we're building up the hype, the buzz. Hey, month five, you're going to get a lot of good stuff and you don't want to miss that lesson. Definitely, is going to be more great stuff coming. Yeah, just that. That's when we solve the attrition problem. Suddenly, we're making a lot more money too. So that's an interesting lesson there.
0: Any idea, quantify? could you quantify the improvement in, in attrition uh, yeah, from sending a t-shirt?
1: From, from 20% to like 5%. Wow. That's a big difference. Uh, my My guess is... That it's just uh, a t shirt with our like table tennis university logo, it just becomes more of an identity cell that hey, I'm part of this community, that I'm part of this, and I I like this. And and they wear this t shirt to the club, like table tennis club. Hey, what is this? I'm sure we get some referrals from that too. Uh, but it's very, very interesting how we turn it instead of a just oh, some videos or something you watch is into more hey, this is part of this this culture, this community that you belong to. Um, I find that that's just very interesting how a simple t-shirt could do that.
0: Yeah, I love that idea. So, I mean, this is growing. I mean, give us a sense of how big you got this business.
1: Yeah, Uh, we were, I mean, we were, I think when we sold it, we're up to about um, 22, 23K in just recurring revenue just from the membership. We still have the other like DVDs and all that stuff. We sell quite a bit of those, still sell quite a bit of those. because people buy it as gifts, which is very interesting. That's something again I didn't expect. You know, the best month that we have, John, you will not anticipate. It's it's Christmas.
0: Hmm. And why is that?
1: People buy for gifts.
0: They buy All the DVDs for gifts, or the DVDs. Got it. The
1: DVDs. It. For gifts. They buy because we have a big bundle, right? And they, they, I, we have like father buying it for son. Uh, you know, grandfather buying it for grandkid. Uh, grandma buy for grandkid, uh, which
0: is quite interesting. But yeah, they buy a big, and we make it look very, very nice, a nice little package. Interesting. So, so you got this business up to $23,000 in recurring revenue per month? Is that right? Yes. Okay, got it. So you're you're kind of annualizing uh, at about 300 grand in, in, in annual recurring revenue, if you were extrapolate that across the 12 months. and And so that's still very early stage for... For a lot of businesses, why, yes. why sell? What was the, was there some sort of event or trigger that made you want to get out?
1: Yeah, because I wanted to, as I kind of mentioned early in the show, that I want to simplify my, my business, right? And why, if, if I take a, just a step back, what happened is for the first, I started my first business when I was in high school, like early, early entrepreneur, I've only had one job in my entire life for one year. So I've always been an entrepreneur. Um, and at first, when I got into business, because because I wanted to uh, su- uh, su- uh, support my mom, because my mom and dad got divorced when I was 16. So as the only child in my family, I wanted to pro- provide for my mom. So I started my first business early on, even as a high school kid, kind of mowing lawns for people in, in our neighborhood, I'm um, just trying to make some money there. And, and throughout the first, from um, from my 20s to, from 20 years old to 30 years old, I was... Uh, Very driven by success, by money. Uh, I'm not proud of it, but money, success, uh, achievement. Like I'm the type A, super goal-oriented, super focused, workaholic type. I mean, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are like that. Um, And a few years ago, uh, an incident happened in my life as I was chasing these things. You know, it's the next, you know, one business, it's the second business, the third business, the fourth business, the fifth business, right? And then, you know, when you hit your first million and the second million and the third million, five million, all these things. And a few years ago, when I was chasing, working on the biggest deal in my life, multi, multi-million or the biggest deal in my life, uh, I was out of town and my dad uh, uh, was going to the hospital checkup and he was suddenly very, very ill. And I thought, you know what? Let me work on a deal. And I'll have to finish, because my dad is in Hong Kong, right? As soon as I'm finished, I'll go to see my dad. And that same week, my wife had, uh, now my wife at that time, my fiance had gallstone, also went to the hospital. Both of the people that are very important in my life, in hospital, I was working on a deal I was closing a deal and I ended up lost losing the deal and my father passed away I didn't get to even say goodbye to him and fortunately my wife is okay then you know went to the hospital after surgery everything's okay and I asked myself what am I doing all this for and why am I doing it what am I chasing here and at first I was lying to myself. No, I'm doing it for them. I, I'm making more money so I can provide, you know, a better lifestyle for them. I was doing it all for my family. That's a lie. I was doing it for my own ego. I was doing it for myself. Uh, and when my past, my father passed away, I just, I was, I've never been depressed in my life, but that period of time was a very difficult because I had all the stuff. I, I had the car, the house, I had the success. I had all these things, but, but when my father passed away, I just lost what's – the, what's the purpose of all this stuff? Why more? For what? When the, the person that I do it for is no longer here. Uh, so I learned that lesson. And after that, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to chase that rabbit that, you know, you can never catch. Because in entrepreneurs, sometimes I think we do that. And we lost sight of what's – kind of what you talk about, John, in your book. What's the outcome? It's not just the exit, but what are we trying to accomplish because money, money, or even business, just a, a vehicle to get get us from point A to point B. The business is not our life. So that changed my life. It, that's why I said, you know what? I Look at all my portfolio, all my companies. I'm like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna simplify. Some I'm gonna shut down. Some I'm gonna sell. Some I'm, I'm still selling some of them. And I want to keep the feel that I think these are the business I'm interested in. These are the business that has, you know, I like working in, and it's also highly profitable. Those are good. And but then I start asking myself. I know it sounds so cliche, but what's what do I want my life to be about? And now what do I want to focus on? I'm still I'm 35 years old, still a young guy, but for the next 10, 15, 20 years, you know, what do I want my legacy legacy to be? Uh, and yeah,
0: I, you know, I think a lot of people listening to this. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing that story. And clearly, uh, an emotional one. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs would would be listening to that and saying. Uh, and asking themselves questions about, well, you know, how, you know, is my heart in this business? Uh, is this something that I'm passionate about? You know, should I sell it and follow, you know, follow Dan's sort of lead? I mean, what sorts of questions were you asking yourself as you look down your portfolio of companies? What sorts of questions were you asking yourself to allow you to know which ones, which companies should, you should shut down, which ones you should sell, which ones you should double down on and continue on? Like what sorts of questions? Give me, give me your Mm. self-talk. So,
1: so, so for sure, I look at a company, they say table tennis, which is, it makes good money, but I could see, first of all, the growth is because it's a very niche market. And I ask myself, okay, what's the growth, what's the potential of this business? And is it the best and highest use of my time and skill set? And do I get, do I just get a mix of money from that? Because I, I share with you, I don't play table tennis. I don't particularly enjoy interacting with with the customers, right? I have customer service people for that. But I'm like, I, out of everything that I do, I found that I'm the happiest when I work with and hang out with entrepreneurs, period. When I, when I do business with entrepreneurs, when I sell to entrepreneurs. And through that, I narrow down further. You know what? Really, I... I wanted love working with consultants and coaches and speakers and thought leaders. So I really narrowed down to, okay, that's what I want to do,
0: right? interesting and And, and through that process, you figured, okay, we're going to divest table tennis master. Yeah. How did you go about the next steps? So did you put it on the market? Did you hire a business broker? Like how did you actually go find a buyer?
1: Uh, I have because just I've been doing internet marketing for like over a decade now. so a lot of I have a lot of friends who are in the niche, right? Uh, and in the internet marketing -marketing space. So as soon as I put this together, it's it's not even a fancy, you know, a business plan or a model or anything like that. It's like a two-pager, right? (laughs) And I put this together with the financials, hey, you know what, this is what the business is doing. Um, This is the model, this is recurring revenue. You know, which one of you guys would be interested in something like that? And a lot of them, they, you know, they still, they, they just want to buy the recurring revenue. I said, yeah, you know, sure. And I said, you know, I don't, I don't, I wasn't even asking for like a, like a top dollar for the, for the business, because I just want to kind of get rid of it. And so that I could focus on what I do because what, it's. T- yeah. what do you think it
0: was worth then?
1: I think back then I was just like, ah, eh, you know what? 23K. I, I was asking just a 200K.
0: So, so about one times top line revenue, yeah. one times annual revenue. Yeah. And- so I sold
1: that very, very quickly.
0: And did you, um, did you put that price on it? Did you wait for the other, the, you know, your, your colleagues to put it off? No, together? no, I,
1: did, cause I guess I only put it out to like a few um, very close friends and that I know they, they, they could buy it. I know it's something they are interested in. I know that's, that's what they want. So it's kind of like a closed door. I say, hey, you know what? I'm only approaching a few people, and I'm trying to don't do the back whole back and forth negotiation. Hey, this is how much revenue is doing, and you can see I've been running this for a long time, and I can share with them what what I'm what I'm doing here. What I'm trying to do is restructure my my portfolio, and I say, you know what? For for that price point, I think it's a fair price. And then they just yeah they just bought it.
0: So to be clear, you you did put a price on it. You did say yeah, I, I want two hundred grand. Okay, That's got just two hundred k. And
1: That's did, not like one one you know one hundred ninety five thousand and not just two hundred k. And
0: how did you come up with that number?
1: I just feel that from if for the right person with the right marketing skill, um they could grow that. And there's still a lot of potential. They could develop other backend products to sell because we have to list and everything else. Um, I know with a savvy internet entrepreneur, um, they could recoup that money in a very short period of time, in less than a year, right? I believe they could. So. I'm like, yeah, you know, if they buy, they we could be in, in a couple of years or even a year. That that's a good investment for for them as well. So I kind of look at it from that perspective. But I, mean, I didn't, you know, the three times earning a beta, all that stuff. It's not that scientific in it, this case.
0: It wasn't that scientific. Okay, so I, I, but I'm I'm curious as to why you didn't say it was worth it was, um, hundred and fifty thousand or three hundred thousand. Like why why two hundred? Like did you literally pull it out of the air or was there yeah. any you
1: you did? Uh, I just know if, if I can. I think I could sell for three hundred k. But I think it would be we require more negotiation and a little more back and forth. Yeah. At this point, that's not my motivation.
0: And 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 so you had this kind of very rudimentary, in your own words, sort of two pager. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And you went out to a few folks. I mean, did you try to create some? You know. A, a little bit of competition. Did you say? Look, I've said no. it to Bob. Uh, yeah,
1: I, mean, I could do a lot of. Oh, yeah, I'm talking to five people, this and that. Uh, but I mean, th- those again, those are because they're very close friends. They're not like strangers. I don't want. I don't need to play a lot of like, the mind game here, right? Uh, the psychology, which I, you know, that's the stuff I teach. But in this case, uh, I just know the the few people that I talk to, that they would, because they, they have always. We know we talk about different things that we do. They always talk about oh yeah, table tennis masters, their interesting business model. Well, I'm working on so I know there's an interest already. So when I put it out there, the price point, it was, yeah, we closed really in like less than a week, but it took uh, like a month to move everything over.
0: And and did you, like, I mean, did you have multiple people saying, yeah, I, I want to buy that? I mean, did you run into the issue? Two, <laughs> two, I had
1: two. I had two. And they both are okay, but I felt like uh, one particular uh, buyer that he, he, because he's passionate about the business. He's actually like yourself, he's uh, a table tennis player. Um, also, he has relationships with other coaches, um, table tennis coaches, that he could develop further products for. So I find that that person it's a slightly better fit, right?
0: Got it. And so, did you push them on price, or did nope. you, so he or she? Was it a guy or a guy? Okay, so he was saying, "Look, I'll pay your price." Did he give you? Did he offer? What did he offer you? Two hundred k. Exactly what you were looking for. Exactly what I'm looking for. And what were the terms of that? Did he 100, like, 100% in cash, or did he pay it over time?
1: No, just 100K, 200K. So 100K down, and then when is everything done, it's, in, 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 it's a half down half when it's complete, all the transaction, Every, all the domain name, everything gets transferred over, then just a wire transfer, that was that.
0: Got it. As you went through the process, the actual transaction itself sounds like a, a dream come true in the sense that you were trying to simplify, mm. but what was the most surprising thing? Was there a hiccup along the way or a, a roadblock you ran into that you just weren't expecting?
1: Not, not for this particular transaction. I would say the only thing that surprised me is how fast it got sold because <laughs> I was expecting probably to take, I don't know, three months, six months or something like that uh and, and i was ready to because i didn't want to waste a whole lot of time creating that's why i created a two-pager i thought they were, they would be asking for more things and oh now i gotta get my guy to create more stuff and, and different things but it turns out to be quite smooth i guess if there's a lesson here john it's i think for some people sometimes you know when they sell a company or they want to exit um, you know how entrepreneurs would like to over things right <laughs> uh and, and sometimes we don't need to if you know there's a a seller and there's a need and we're current like saying in this case we're revenue is revenues what they want and i know um those all those buyers you know quite well and when there's a relationship already in place and they know what i do and they know the way that i do it when there's trust there uh it's it's quite easy so it go it went quite smoothly smoothly than i thought actually
0: and as you look back on it with a little bit, of, I mean, it was it was last year, so it was mm. you know you've had some time to reflect on it. Mm. Is is there anything you might do differently if if you had it to do over again?
1: The the businessman in me would would be like asking for more for the asking price, but uh, the the wiser person in me said that's a very good decision. Because that frees up my mental bandwidth and my time. And it's exactly what I expected. And that's why I want to get rid of more businesses, ventures. I just had, you know, as you know, Jordan, as you, you know, when you've written books and stuff like that, you know, people contact you and pitch you all kinds of deals all the time, right? Uh, and so I just have this morning, you know, people you know pitching me a deal. I said, no, I, I just pointed to a Facebook post. I said, I'm not looking to do more deals uh, in, in a while. And that's what, what I want to do. Uh, it's interesting how even when I put out the message, it resonated with a lot of my friends and, and people that it just, wow. And they think, well, Danny becoming a monk? What's going on here? <laughs> no, I said, that's not that. And by the way, I think people misunderstood. Sometimes uh, when you're cutting back, when you are simplifying, it doesn't mean you're scaling down. It doesn't mean you're not growing. Uh, if anything, it requires more wisdom, intelligence to do that. Anyone can be busy just grow, 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 grow. Uh, it takes a lot more thought. Uh, it takes a lot more thinking just to, you know, how it's like kind of 80, 20, but 80, 20, even what's left in that 20, 80, 20, that 80, that 20%, right. That what actually makes a difference, you know, what makes you happy? What, what's the highest and best use of your skilled and what are you trying to do? And yeah, I mean, just from that last year to this year, um, it's funny, but it's, you know, my businesses, my life, it's so much less stressful. (laughs) So much happier. Uh, I'm spending more time with my family. Uh, It's just a, it's it's a good decision. I've had made a lot of dumb decisions in my career. I've had my, some great ones, but this is one of those great
0: ones, I think. Mm, mm. Yeah. Uh, Well, I appreciate you sharing the story with the stand. Where do people best reach out to you?
1: I think they could just go to my website www. dot com. Uh, if they to deliver some more value, I think they could go to my YouTube channel. John, you've been to my YouTube channel. Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: I, I certainly take take a look at that because it's ah uh, it, you've got a lot of great video content there, so that's that's worth a look as well. So that's uh, just search Dan Lok on YouTube. Yeah. And it's L O K. That's correct. Okay. Lok Dan, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, John. This is great.